was tough for me in the beginning to put myself out there to be criticized. And so I had to really, there was, with the mindset came this identity. Who is Tracy? I had to figure that out. And then when I really knew who I was and what I would, what I was meant to be, and then I figured out those things, and then I said, okay, what is the one problem in the world I want to solve? It's got to come back to people. If it doesn't serve people, then I'm not interested. Welcome. Welcome to the Fired Up Podcast. My name is Brad Reba, and I'm your host. Fired Up is sponsored by Reignite, a certified 10x business coaching program specifically designed for tech-driven businesses and leaders to bridge the gap in their relationships. Whether it is fostering great customer experiences that skyrocket referrals and sales or fortifying team dynamics, Reignite is the fuel to 10X every area of your business. And today, I am excited to have a guest on this show that is 10Xing the quick service restaurant industry and really leadership teams of all walks of business life. So Tracy Currington, welcome to the Fired Up Podcast. Thank you so much, Brad, for that introduction. Uh, you know what? The world needs more podcasts like this. Thank you. For I appreciate that. What your purpose is, what, you, what, you're, what you're aiming for. So I appreciate what you're doing. And it's a pleasure to be here. So I'm honored. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I appreciate you being on. Thank you so much. And I think that it's important to highlight your experience in business in general, but also in, in your business coach. You're part of the 10X community, like myself. Absolutely. Um, looked to you absolutely, and I've, I've looked to you as as a really an example of how to serve others, and that's what 10x is the business community, the 10x business coaching program is all about. And I think that you really exemplify that in the way that you reach out and think of service first. And so I'm I'm curious if that was your why, or really what was the why for you in starting 180 turnarounds. Uh, well, okay. So, so it, it kind of goes back. I think, um, uh, if you've taken any kind of personality assessments, this profile assessment and so forth, I'm, I'm an S I'm a people side first. So I always think of the people first and I believe that it doesn't matter the industry and it doesn't matter the business that you're in, but the difference maker in any industry in any business is amazing, remarkable customer service. The way you 100%. take care of people, and, and in today's world, we have a lot of people just one and done, right? If you mistreat somebody, they may go ahead and let you keep their money, but they're not coming back. And you're That's not going to create a raving fan that way. I, I think what Grant, um, um, our mentor uh, in common, what he says is, is who's got your money? It's a who. Right. And uh, yeah, there's 8 billion people in the world. You can find somebody to give you money one time. But I want to I want to create a tribe. I want to serve, and and I really follow um, what what came out and kind of was was kind of proposed in the in the seventies the servant leadership model. Sure, yeah, I Where identify with that. You yeah. manage things, you lead people, right? And and I want to be that type of model. I want to demonstrate that, and uh, you know, basically the Chick Fil A model. When I, I was with Chick Fil A for a little bit, and I'll share a little bit about that in my story. But how may I serve you? Was their opening line. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And you always hear a different response from them uh, to questions that are commonly asked, you know, when you're going through the service experience and even just the, the way they respond to a thank you is different yep. than others. My and that's pleasure. by design. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. And that's so, exactly right. <laughs> so uh, yeah, maybe, maybe it starts with your why and your story of, of just being in, in business and in that industry. And we can learn a little bit more about how you got into this along the way. 
let's do that. I'm, I'm fired up to share it with you. All right. So, um, so I, I, I was, I'm the firstborn of uh, four in our family. My mom and dad, we, I was born in Fort Worth, Texas. We moved to Seattle, Washington. Uh, my father was a, uh, was training for the ministry when I was born. And then he, um, he planted a church in Seattle, Washington. And then he, we, he moved us. I was only about four and a half years old. We moved from Seattle to Cincinnati, Ohio. I mean, we've come across the entire country nearly. Sure. And uh, I grew up for the next 24 years, I grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio. And so my, my father was a pastor, so I was a PK. And, uh, you know, growing up in, in a minister's home has its challenges. Uh, you know, so some, some, some PKs are kind of the, the worst kid on the block because of maybe it's the rebellious nature of it and everything. And I fell into that kind of category where I had this curious nature where, you know, Hey, what am I missing out on? I mean, the world is just so big and all these things. And so, you know, I started probably, you know, my, my direction of, of wanting to do what I wanted to do, probably a sophomore in high school, went out, did whatever I wanted to do. I was in the food service. My first was, my first thing was a uh, retail Kmart. I don't know if you remember Brad Kmart. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm well, before there ever was a Walmart, there was a Kmart. There was Kmart. Yeah. And a lot and, of them. And my the blue light specials and so forth. And, and sure. so I got my first job uh, as a Kmart cashier. And then uh, not long after that, I, I went to a TJ Maxx yep. and I kind of took care of the men's clothing section. And then uh, you know, a guy, a, a guy, a friend of mine said, Hey, you can, you can ditch this $4 and 15 cent job and come over here to this restaurant. I'm, I'm busting suds in the dish dish room for uh, five fifty an hour. I was like, oh man, that sounds great. Yeah. So uh, I went over there and, and and jumped ship there, went over and and busted suds there in the dish tank. First night I was there at five fifty, they gave me six. The next week payday came and I had six fifty on the check. And then oh, wow. like two weeks later, they wanted to move me for seven fifty out to another restaurant. And then that led me into supervisor role. So I was nineteen years old, running a four star restaurant in Kentucky, uh, just, at, uh, just probably a little suburb of, uh, Cincinnati. Sure. And a 19 year old, I was running, you know, I was leading those that have been in the industry for 20 plus years. And here I was 19 years old, making the schedule, you know, leading the ship, taking care of uh, parties. I was, you know, cutting the steaks. Um, I was cooking the steaks, uh, leading a team of about uh, nine or 10 men, plus about three or four dishwashers in the kitchen. And so, you know, we were doing a great volume, uh, but I just, I, I wanted to try something different. So I tried something different, but one thing that I picked up uh, in, in industry and construction, I was in construction for a little bit as a bricklayer and framer. Um, one thing I picked up was just some bad habits. So there's a, there's, so the, the men and the ladies that serve in those industries, there's some bad habits that they come along with it with drug and alcohol. And that caught up to me. Uh, that caught up to me in December 1999 on the, the 23rd, ended up wrecking my truck, DUI, 42 stitches in my face, and sentenced to rehab, all that. I say all that to say 180 turnarounds is a, is a pretty significant term for me because who I am today is not who I once was. And I know we all have a story, and I'm, and I'm afraid sometimes we're not transparent enough with that story, and, and we, don't, we don't reveal like, you know, there's broken spots, there's, there's cracks, there's, there's areas of my life that like, man, this, this was not good. So I had, I had two baby boys at the time. I was married to my wife and here I was just not giving up, you know, the addictions I had. So in the, in the hospital bed, you know, being a believer, being a person of faith, I just communicated to, uh, uh, to my Lord and just said, Hey, this is not the guy that I know I need to be. There's something greater for me. You give me another opportunity. I will be that man. 
And so I made that commitment there as, as the law enforcement was reading me my rights and, yeah. and I, the blood coming down. I was just, I knew I was busted. I mean, like it was done. I had to make a switch. So I made that switch. I've been, uh, and so from there, I grew, recovered. Um, I've been for the last um, 18 years, I started uh, a church in Oklahoma and that's where I pastored for the last 18 years. We will, we planted another church. Uh, uh, we started planning it two years ago. We'll organize that one officially in November. And, uh, and I'm looking at exiting and just ordained my son into the ministry. I'm looking to exit the pastoring for a greater platform. And the greater platform has to do with uh, people in the quick service industry and others, just like you talk about in the 10X community, uh, working to help businesses turn them around. For whatever reason, they're going in the wrong direction. We're, we're going to help them to turn around. And that's, that's going to require a different mindset. And there's a lot of different skills that come along with that. But I wanted you, I wanted you and your audience to hear that, you know, a lot of times when people are on a podcast, oh man, this guy, you know, it must be nice to be so, you know, well informed. It must be nice, you know, to you're so smart and you know, like you're just so talented and like, no, 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 no. Like, I mean, we we take the veneer away from Brad or Tracy. We're just a couple of guys and you know, we we had a lot of things to overcome in order to be in the space that we're in right there. And a lot of it had to do with our thinking. Yeah. All right. And I think that it's great that you're very transparent about this and just allowing yourself to be a little more vulnerable and showing that I think in this story, I would take away, first of all, you were the first 180 turnaround that you had to make was, was your own life. And mm. I, I've heard from several others that I know personally in order to get out of the addiction cycle, you have to hit rock bottom. And it certainly sounds mm. like that was a moment for you to really turn back to say, this is not the way I want to live my life. Yeah. And yeah. And you've, you've exemplified really that. Yeah. It's, uh, so, um, I, I've, I followed this philosophy. I learned this from, uh, John Maxwell, leadership expert. He, he said, people change when they've, they've learned enough that they can, they know enough that they want to, but most people change when they hurt bad enough that they have to. Right. And, and sadly, I mean, that's, I'd rather I'd rather learn enough that I can or know enough that yeah. I want to. I'd rather not hurt bad enough that I have to. I mean, think about you know like the the Biggest Loser. They're you know five hundred my six hundred pound life. I mean, like they're yeah. hurting bad enough. Their life is in jeopardy. They're going to die if they keep this path. And now they hurt bad enough that they have to make a major change. I wish it would have taken that way for me, but but it, that's what it took. For it me. always seems like that, right? It's always that, yeah. that lowest moment that actually gets us to turn around when you're sick and tired of being sick and tired and just, I'm yeah. not going to live like this anymore. And then yes, you started to get into the, the ministry and then starting to your business for 180 turnarounds, there, there had to be challenges along the way in building that business, different challenges, but yeah. what were those things that really mm -hmm. stood in the way that you had to overcome as you grew your business? So, so like I mentioned, the very first one was the mindset, the limited thinking. Uh, so I, I think that I've heard them defined as limiting beliefs and competing commitments. Sure. And we all have, and we say them, and I, and I thought myself saying, well, the early bird gets the worm, right? I mean, yeah. like what? There's no worms for second shift and third shift. <laughs> right. I right. mean, like, and that's, that's what it sets up. Like if you're yeah. not working first shift, everything else is just like a, dead end job because you're really not going to get it because all the worms have been taken. Yeah. And that's not true. Um, the, the penny saved is a penny earned, but it's still a penny. What sure. are we trying to pick up pennies or dollars? I mean, like, right. what are we trying to do here? 
And so like those kind of mindsets, I had to shift my thinking and you've got the 10 X rule back on there. And I would encourage everybody listening to your show right now, because you're advertising the 10 X rule. If your audience has not read that book and as a 10 X uh, licensed coach, man, you have an opportunity. You've got grants material to take them through. I've taken um, three masterminds, um, probably about 30 people through the 10 X rule. It is, it is life changing. I mean, the, 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 and it's a thinking way. It's, it's just thinking 10 X. And, and that has really transformed the people that I've coached. And as a result, they want to ride along with me because when you adjust somebody's mindset, that's a game changer. And now I see opportunities. Now the restraint is, of course, you know this as an entrepreneur. Yeah. The restraint is, okay, what do I not invest in? Right, right, yeah, it, exactly. Now, I, I, I've now you have the, to focus. Now you now have Pandora's to box has been open, and now I'm like seeing everything as an right. opportunity. Oh man, I can do this, and I can do this, and I can do this. Oh wait a minute, what was I born and put on this earth to do? And and kind of getting niched down and then give ten x sure. to that. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that, so that is was one challenge that that mindset first. And, and that's like usually the toughest one to get over to overcome. If you can overcome yeah. the mindset issue and, and get back into that abundance thinking, then the other doors might open up. But what, what else can it came into? So it? true. Yeah, so true. And, and the next thing for me, um, you know, being in front of people for the last, uh, you know, 20 plus years speaking, so I've been uh, public speaking for a long time. And so it could be crowds of, uh, you know, 500 down to you know 20 people or, or 10 people in a nursing home or something like sure. that that I'm speaking to. Or it could be a one-on-one conversation like this, uh, you know, keeping people's attention. So there's a lot of knowledge, a lot of growth and development I had to do. And like, it wasn't just about having, oh, man, I got a great message to deliver to the world. But if you can't deliver it, it's it's crap. I mean, no one's going to hear it. It means great message. We got to work on delivery. So a lot of that I had to work on, but the mindset from the mindset and then just investing in myself and then obscurity was the, was the third component. You know, if, if people don't know you, they cannot flow. you. Uh, so, and I think you have to build those relationships. They say that your network is your net worth. And so I had to come out of obscurity. I never could have put myself on social media or, uh, you know, so we've got LinkedIn, TikTok, uh, you know, Twitter spaces, the threads, we've got Facebook, I mean, uh, Instagram. So we've got all of these different things that I can put myself out there. That was tough for me in the beginning to put myself out there to be criticized. And so I had to really, there was with the mindset came this identity. Who is Tracy? I had to figure that out. And then when I really knew who I was and what I would, what I was meant to do, what my, you know, like, I, I don't want to say my, this is my purpose because I've got a lot of purposes. I got a lot of things I want to get done. Right. I'm glad life ain't over. I'm 47 years young and I'm looking forward to the the next, you know, 40 plus years that I get to, to go after it. But so I, there was an identity I had uh, like, okay, who is Tracy? What do I want to accomplish? What was I meant to do? What are my gifts? What are my weaknesses? What are the things I suck at? And then I figured out those things. And then I said, okay, what is the one problem in the world I want to solve? And I know we'll come to that a little bit later on, but the one problem in, in the, I, I, to be short, is valuing people. I, I do not like when people are, are mistreated and when they're not valued properly uh, based on uh, race, based on um, education status, based on financial status. I mean, people have a soul. People are valuable. I'm a person of value. I value people, and I seek to add more value to them. So as we're on this podcast, not only do I want to add value to you, I want to add value to your listeners. And I'm hoping that I can get some value out of, added to this too. So coming out of obscurity was, was it took mindset and identity for me to get on there and say, okay, I know me. 
I know my message. Let's go. Yeah. And that took a lot. So if it wasn't for the mindset work and the identity, I don't think that I would have been, you know, we, we grew, we're like 2,700 followers on, on Facebook and we have other followers. I mean, we're growing on LinkedIn and stuff like that now, but this is since I've only been on Facebook, I think since 2019. <laughs> so, okay. so like growing yeah. in that, and that's organic growth. It's right. not like, like we did all these things and we got these people that we don't even know who they are. It's all just the organic growth that I've, that I've learned from, sure. but I don't think I could have ever done that without overcoming my mindset, my identity, and then obscurity. And I think that's a lot of business owners right now. Um, they just do not like Francis promote, 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 right? You, you got to put yourself out there. Sure. And, and I think that's interesting that those are the two challenges you chose because the mindset and the obscurity go really hand in hand together. And you talk mm -hmm. about the criticism. I think the biggest critic is ourselves. It's your self own self-image, yeah. right, of, of how so you true. see so what you're doing. And nobody's paying more attention to you than you. Yeah. 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 So I can be my worst critic. Absolutely. And, and, absolutely. And, and, you know, Brad, I don't know about, about what it's like for you, but when somebody can pay me a compliment, I'm so quick to to deflect. Yeah, downplay right? it, I'm right. like, uh, like, oh, that, oh you're, you're too kind. So, like, when I do that, so my, and my mentor had a push on me for this. Um, when, when somebody would pay me a compliment, like Tracy, really what you've done for our business. I mean, without you, I don't know where we'd be. Oh, you're too kind. What did I just do? I just deflected. I just took their words of praise instead of saying, thank you. Yep. That's all I had to say. Instead of receiving it, you are too kind. I yeah. just threw it right back on them. Right. And so like that, that there's a price, there's a, there's a toll that has to be paid on constantly doing that. And so Really, it was somebody's trying to give me a gift of kind words, words of affirmation. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you know anything about the five love languages, they're offering me words of affirmation and I'm rejecting their gift. And I'm almost re-gifting it. I'm putting it back on them. So sure. I really had to work on that. And I and that's kind of still a work in progress, I, I have to admit. Okay. Okay. Well, good. Because that sort of leads me into the next thought I had was, where you know, you would change or would you change anything about your journey along the way to where you've come? Hmm. Yeah. What would I do differently? Um, okay, so this one has to do with probably uh, my awareness um, and my technology skills and everything. So, I mean, like, so I look at a guy like you and you're in the software industry and everything. Just me saying the word software makes me a little intimidated because, like, I'm boots on the ground. I'm going to breathe the same air. I'm in proximity. I'm going to be with people, working with people and everything. Somebody else has created the software, and I'm just going to use it as a tool because, like, Slack. Somebody else created Slack. Yeah. But that is the great, in my opinion, that's the greatest tool for internal communication within a company, yeah, we use it especially well. in the quick service restaurant. I mean, so, yeah. like, man, I'm, now I know how to communicate it, but inventing it, creating it, those kinds of things, somebody had to teach me how to use it, right? So, so like for you, I, I admire a guy like you and I'm impressed and inspired by people like you because my brain doesn't work that way. And, and it just, it, it's intimidating to me. So I think the one thing that if I could change about myself is all the relationships that I've built. So if I say I have a gift, Brad, the gift that I have is I can establish rapport pretty quick. And there in the three R's that I look at in, in my business is I have to establish rapport. So Hey Brad, I now know you. Right. And hey Brad, I now like you. And it's okay if you like me too. So I know you, I like you, and now I can trust you. So that's rapport. Rapport is I know you, I like you, trust you. 
So um, I know Brad Pitt, but I don't got any rapport with him. Yeah, me either. I know because he doesn't know me, <laughs> gotcha. right? right? So we right. don't have any. We don't have any rapport because you have to know each other, you have to like each other, and you have to yeah. trust each other, right? Right. So that's rapport, and rapport gives birth to relationship. Now we can, so we've established rapport. Now we can build relationship. Right. And I think the best businesses, as far as revenue, the third R, revenue is a byproduct of relationship. Relationship is a byproduct of rapport. So if you've got those three in that order, mm-hmm. I mean, otherwise, and that's why this kind of goes back to my service model, that somebody walks in, I was a director at Chick-fil-A for uh, two years. Somebody walks in and, um, hey, welcome to Chick-fil-A. Mm-hmm. Right. That's the first thing I say. Right. Eye contact, smile, you know, enthusiastic voice, make a connection, you know, those kinds of things. But they teach you, right? So so they come in and like, man, I love that shirt. Wait, are you a Sooners fan? I mean, like that. So I'm establishing rapport, right? You know, Mm -hmm. hey, I like I like the Sooners. You like the Sooners. We can like each other. I mean, like I'm establishing that. The next time they come in after I got their name, hey Bob, will it be a large sweet tea today? Now we got this relationship because now he knows something about me. He knows I like sweet tea. Mm-hmm. And now revenue comes. Bob's going to come back. When he comes back, he's going to say, hey, where's that Tracy guy at? Is he here today? Right, right. He's looking for me because he's coming back. Most people, if it's true, John Maxwell says, people leave people, not companies. Right? So it's, it's about relationship. Yeah. But also people are attracted to places because of people. That's true. It's likely yeah. through your course of, of work that people are coming to, uh, was it Remsis? Yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah. like I'm, I'm doing business like I could go anywhere, but I like Brad. Right. And I come there because of Brad. Brad's my rep. Brad's, you know, Brad's my go-to guy or whatever. People do business with people. And so that builds up a revenue stream because of those relationships. So I think in answering, uh, this is the long version, but I think I had to lay the groundwork. I did not ever until this year create a retrieval system. Oh, how do I remember all the people like, oh man, I haven't seen you in so long. Why has it been that long? Why did I not connect right. with them? Because Grant's whole thing, who's got your money? Why am I not keeping track of all the relationships I've built over the past 25 years? Because people got my money right. and this is my power base. So, so on our training, uh, you'll probably, you're likely gone through this where Grant talks about growing that power base and listing that power base and selling to that power base and letting the power base know who you are and what you are. I wish if I could go back, mm-hmm. I would start documenting my power base. Yeah. I don't care if it's on note cards. I would, you know, because that's what I have to be back in the nineties, but I'd go with note cards and then I'd go with, you know, like a, you know, some kind of list or whatever. I'd have a better email list. I, I'd have all kinds of leads already. That's one thing that I would have changed. Okay. Yeah, I think that the interesting thing is was you, what you started off talking about was the technology and how you wish you had had the exposure to that. But it was not just for technology's sake, it's for the, some way to help organize all yep. of the relationships. And I have found, too, that technology leaders really struggle on the relationship mm-hmm. side of things. It's called a soft yep. skill, so we really don't work on it. And, <laughs> yeah, it, it just seems like this thing that's not as important to our career development, but it's so vital and it's, it's honestly the thing that has grown our software business, has grown really any business that I've been a part of, like you said, 
it's it's about those relationships. And so I either go to that establishment, not because of the, the technology or even because of the product in some cases, obviously they have to have a good product or service, but it is about the people. And as you mentioned, I might even not go to that place because I didn't have a great experience with the person that was there. Yeah. And uh, I think that's something that gets overlooked a lot and really yeah. just well, the thank fact- you for bringing that out uh, for your audience in between us, because like anything that I, whatever, I, whatever I'm starting at, it's a tool, it's a process, it's mm-hmm. a system, it's a, it's a, it's a software. It's got to come back to people. If it doesn't serve people, yeah. then I'm not interested. I, I was on a call with a, a guy the other day and he was, he was trying to get me to invest. And I said, there's three, three rules I have for investing. First of all, it's got to make money. <laughs> if you can't make money, why would yeah, I invest right? It, right? So, okay, so I'm, I'm going to pony up money. It's got to make a return. So the first thing is it's got to make money because Warren Buffett, never lose money, right? I mean, so like you never want to lose money. That's the first three rules. Uh, but, okay, so so it's got to make money, but then also it's got to be flexible for my schedule. So I know, I, like, man, there's so many, I've had to learn this the hard way, so many things I've invested into, and it was not in alignment with what I wanted to do. So, so and I know this was really the topic that we're talking about, but the third one serves us because the third rule is it has to help people. Right. So if I'm going to invest, so like, you know, would I invest in multifamily homes? Absolutely. Cause it helps with people. We're turning into a renter nation. So mm-hmm. absolutely. Would I invest in like, you know, Cardone capital or something like it? Absolutely. I would, because it helps a lot of people. Right. So, you know, when I invest into a software that, you know, like the, the new startups, who are they helping? Would I invest in the Slack? Yeah, that helps a lot of people in communication. And number one flaw I see in business today is the absence of communication. Keep people are kept in the dark or whatever. So, um, so yes, that's that's what I that's what I would do. That I hope that 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 answers sufficiently. Absolutely, what you were talking about yeah, May, makes total sense. And so I think there's a lot of things that you could probably look back on as the business has grown, as you've taken this entrepreneurial journey. Yeah. And I'm going to ask you to to do the thing that you always deflect is. Tell me what you're proud of. Okay. Thank you for the question. That's all trained yep. and scripted there right there, Brett. Um, okay. So the most, so I'd probably have to put it into the personal and professional buckets. Um, sure. Personally, uh, like I mentioned, I'm a person of faith. So I'm, I'm most proud of the relationship that I have with, uh, with the Lord. That's that I'm a Christian. So I'm most proud of that. The second thing is I'm most proud of the 26 years I've had of uh, being married to my uh, high school sweetheart. Uh, so, so 26 years we've uh, we've been together for 28, been married for 26. We we're boyfriend and girlfriend for a little bit. Um, I'm also most proud of the eight children that we have, just me and her. And and so we're always giving like, dude, are you Catholic? Or like, no, I'm not. But uh, they'll say then they'll say something like, you know, you know what causes that, don't you? And I say, yes, we stay away from that. The No public drinking fountains. We don't drink from them anymore uh, because we know that causes babies. Uh, but no, so we have we have two boys, two girls, two boys, and two girls. And the four oldest ones um, are are moving out of the house. And the four youngest ones, the, the oldest of them uh, is is in high school looking to go into the Air Force. Uh, he'll graduate in, uh, in next year. And then uh, the youngest of them is uh, Seth. So, uh, so I'm coming down to the last, so I'm very, very proud of them. I'm proud of the relationship I have with my parents. Uh, a lot of people can't say that they have a great relationship with their parents. I'm proud because they were entrepreneurs at heart, um, in growing up in their household, they always had some other hustle that they were hungry about. And so they laid a foundation early on in my life for, 
for the things. I think I'm also proud of the the friends that I've developed uh, because it's one of my core values is is friendship. Um, but then then professionally, I think I I'm proud of the fact that we started this church. I've been pastor for 18 years. I'm proud of putting a plan together for my exit, you know, and then uh, and then installing my son as the new pastor, uh, you know, per the church's vote. I'm also proud of the business. I like so for. You know, basically, when you start a church, you're starting a business, and and it's been going now for um, over 18 years, and it's we have no credit cards, we the only debt we have left is nine thousand dollars, and so I'm a goal. My goal is to pay the nine grand off before the end of the year, and to establish 75k in a savings uh, a fund for my son when he comes in to where he has you know a deeper amount of money that he can invest. So I'm very proud of the discipline because that does take a lot of discipline sure. and not getting carried away with, with things. And I think that's, that's part of business. And I know that whether it's a church or it's a, you know, it's a, a quick service restaurant, a, you know, a mom and pop, it's a food truck. It doesn't matter. You know, keeping your, keeping, knowing your numbers and keeping that straight, that's something to be proud of. If you can do that for the long haul, right. uh, because it's not easy to do that uh, as I found, but I, I think also the, um, the 180 turnarounds, where we're going now, um, having a direction for what the future holds, those are the kind of the things that I'm most proud of because they're part of who I am. I mean, like, I mean, who comes on a, on a podcast, Love it. you know, with, with a Thundercats on that? I mean, like, who do, I like, I do because I, I, I asked, I asked so those in our tennis community, those coaches, I'd ask, like, I know who I am. And I know, I know when we get on our elite coaches calls, I know how I have to dress and stuff like that. But I also know who I am. And I don't want to divorce who I am the reality of who I am. So I'm most, I guess what I'm most proud is I just know me and I'm comfortable in my own skin. I'm happy being around me. I'm not aiming to try to be what somebody else wants me to be. And I think that's something to be proud of for anybody in your audience who has come to that realization. That's, that's a lot of, that's a journey. That is absolutely. And by the way, Thundercats has a very special place in my heart as a just oh! upbringing. My, yeah, absolutely. Uh, my childhood upbringing. So many, many a Saturday morning spent in front of that. Uh, I can tell you for sure. Oh yeah. 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 So it's great. And, and being who you are and really coming as far as you have, when we talk about the story and the, the turnaround, the journey that you've taken, I got to ask what's next. What's next for you? Um, okay. So I have like the, so the 180 turnarounds, I grow that business. It's, it, I'm, I'm about, I think it was Brandon Dawson who talked about having an exit strategy. Right. So like, you know, you're launching, I'm just not launching it. You want me to get out of it? I'm like, but like knowing, so you and I, when we get in a conversation, uh, if we're at Lowe's, we're going to get in a conversation. I always want to have, what is my strategy for engaging that person? Cause they may, they may have my money and I don't know it yet. Cause I don't know them. So I engage them in conversation, but I always have an exit strategy. So I right. enter the conversation knowing what I, what I want to, what I want to claim, claim from it. And I want them to add value to me. I mean, people always, all, they all have an opinion and sure. asking them to share it with you. What's one thing that you've learned in your business that you can share with me? Oh, all right. You just yanked their chain, yeah. but then knowing I got to have an exit strategy because I can't stay here all day. I, I got things to do, right, right, things right. to build. I, yeah. My wife wants me home or whatever the story is. Same thing with business. You come into a business and I know what my objective is. I know what I want to do. I want to have an exit strategy. The next thing for me is to grow this 180 turnarounds to three teams. 
So, and, and in my business, the way that it's structured is if I have, um, if I have three teams of three, so that's right. nine people plus right. myself, so 10, not to mention uh, assistant marketing, stuff like that, but probably no more than 15. But if I can grow them to three teams that are going out to these quick service restaurants sure. and also convenience stores, convenience stores, I mean, think about it, the last time you went to a, if it wasn't a Bucky's, the last time you went to a convenience store, how much leadership development, you know, team building, you know, uh, how much, how much work is really being invested in that person? Yeah, I mean, most much. of them don't even have a uniform that they're wearing at the, you know, the thing. I mean, it's just how yeah. are they showed up and stuff right. like that. And there's, you, you don't look at them and say, man, there's, there's, that's a very sharp person, right? They're just, they're just putting your gas on for you, bringing up your candy bar or whatever it is. Uh, so growing them, I know that I can be over a million dollars in revenue each year by having three teams. So what I want to do is right now I only have one team and I want to grow that to three teams because three teams will put me over that million dollar. And then growing that I, after that's the next step. Now, after that, there's, there's a five-year target. There's a 10-year target, right? Yep. There's an exit strategy. I'm coming out of that, selling that business out, giving it to my kids, whatever that looks like. They're interested. But I have one thing that like, is a big thing. It's a big part of me. So, uh, Brad, I don't know what kind of uh, how avid reader that you are. I know this, that you didn't get as far as you are in life without having ingested something for personal development. And I see the power in the printed page, in the, in the printed word. And so I've grown a subscription called Page Turners. Basically, the book industry is still cruising. It's still, it's, I mean, with all the eBooks, with all the audio books, people are still in want, buying hard copy books. Right. And they're doing it to the tune of $22.95 on average, something like that, for a brand new book. Here's the struggle. The struggle is they don't have any problem buying a book. They have struggle reading the book. Right. They looked at this 10X rule, man, how to do this, how to do that, right? And they're like, man, I like that because the cover sold them on the on the idea. That's right. And then it goes on the shelf. And it's shelf help, not self-help. Yep. So what I want to change is I my my subscription is like $19.99 a month, but I want to change. I mean, think about that. If you do $19.99, Brent has a thing of, Take a million dollars and back into it. How could you do that? Well, it would take 5,000 subscriptions at $19.99 a month to be at about $1.2 a year. And there's 8 billion people on planet Earth. Right. So finding those people that, like, they know they want to read, they know books contain, it's cheaper than going to a conference, cheaper than, that's the, the end dream for me is to be, you know, 55, 57 in, in the next 10 years and be able to, twice a month add value in that subscription and grow that subscription. That would be the big, the big idea. It give me freedom. So I've got five core values. I'm sure you've listed, you, you probably have yours, but my family, my faith, my, my freedom. I love my freedom and my friends and fun. Yeah, it's great. And so got that's the business model that I can work all five values out and have my freedom. And you do that, 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 completes it. And it's interesting that you talk about the exit strategy. I think that is something that's so difficult for a lot of professionals, let alone founders and entrepreneurs to get their heads around that your whole goal is to find the replacement for you. That's how mm -hmm. you've succeeded. If you can grow that, and mentor right. and build a business based on a, a repeatable process based on yeah. systems, which you've learned in the industries that you've come up in, but it's mm -hmm. so hard for people to see themselves outside of the business. They see them as, as one. 
And mm-hmm. it's, it's even something that I see with intrapreneurs and people that are sort of in a position for a long period of time, have that institutional knowledge and just feel like that is what sets them apart. And I'm never going to give that up. But then you don't mm-hmm. grow as, as you've really well pointed I, I, out. Okay, Brad, you bring up a great thing. And I didn't think about it like this until you just said that listening to you. If you identify your, if you don't know your identity, we talked about the first things that we had to do, mindset, identity, right. and, and coming out of obscurity, right, to grow this business. If I'm identified as the 180 turnaround guy, yeah, and I don't know me, I'm never going to give up 180 turnarounds because that's how I'm identified. Sure. But if I'm identified as I know Tracy and I love being me, this is what I do. So we're human beings, not human doings. And it didn't occur to me until just now when you were kind of going through that. I'm like, man, that's that's so true. That's a great value you just added to me. I don't want to be identified by what I do. I want to, I, personally, I want to be identified by who I am. So what I do, yeah. So I've got two books that are in, in publishing right now. It's supposed to be out by December. I'm not identified by those books. I want to be, I, I want to be me. Yeah. I'm, I'm the Thundercats ho guy. I'm, I'm <laughs> I, like, I, I just know who I am. I'm not, I, I don't have the typical, you know, coming to the, the corporate office haircut. I don't have that. I'm just because I want to be me. Now I don't want to rub people the wrong way. And, and I know how to adapt to what sure. people need from me, but I still don't want to divorce myself from who I truly am because then I'd have to be something I'm not. And I just don't, I don't think I, I would make a very good actor. Well, I appreciate who you are. I, yeah, I appreciate who you are and I appreciate you sharing it with us. And I'm really glad we got to learn about your journey and your story. So thanks for Thank being on today. So oh, Brad, this was this was awesome. I know I probably droned on. And, oh, we're all but, good. Uh, we're I, all good. Now I, I appreciate I, the opportunity. I said thank you, and, and I'm not going to let you deflect that. I really appreciate you being on the show today. It's my pleasure. It's all right. my pleasure. All right. <laughs> we'll leave it at that, my friend. Thank you very much. And that, that does it for us here. So this is the Fired Up Podcast, and I'm Brad Reba reminding you to stay fired up and do something great. Everybody get fired up.